Time now for Tuesday Travel with our man, the intrepid Monkon McGann. Monko, welcome to the programme. Thank you so much, George. Where are we going? We're going to go uh, to the coasts of Ireland, all around the coasts. So there is new Irish lights, you know, who have been the custodian of our seas for the past however long. Uh, well, 200 years, not always called Irish lights. Um you know, originally controlled by Britain when we were a, when we were a minion. But uh, they they have this fabulous range of lighthouses. You know that we always see on our holidays, but we can never get access to. And just recently, they have Irish Lights have launched this initiative, Great Lighthouses of Ireland. So they've chosen twelve lighthouses that you can either stay in or visit. Stay in. Yeah. Now, now that's interesting. I know because I mean, often you just get that fight. You know, the half an hour visit. You go up the tower. You look. You take a look, and you come out again. Um, but you see, you weren't able to stay in them because these were both, they were places of high security. They were sort of military and places connected to the to the sort of mapping world. And also they were necessary uh, work zones that couldn't have been um, so impinged upon. So does this mean that uh, ships at sea don't need lighthouses anymore? Is that what it means? They don't rely on them in the same way. They still need to be there. So, you know, they cannot decommission these lighthouses. But they were all, they're, first they all got electrified in the late 70s or the early to mid 80s and then they all got automated so now it just requires someone from Irish Lights coming there checking on things you know every few weeks making sure there'll always be a custodian to keep them painted as beautifully as they are but no they're not necessary um Okay, so, this is uh, uh, so the idea of a lighthouse keeper staying there and, you know, sleeping in his bunk mm-hmm. and going up to light the wick every now and again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they were exactly. hand-operated yeah. lighthouses. Now, the one thing we know about a lighthouse is it's sort of out to sea because mm-hmm. it's marking rocks yeah. or dangerous areas or whatever. Now, we've got 12 lighthouses. Mm-hmm. How are you planning to do them? Were you going to do them like sort of uh, starting in Dublin and working way around? Or had you thought at all? I did. I gave this a lot of thought. I decided I want to focus first on the ones that you can actually stay overnight in. Okay. Now, some of them we will only be able to stay overnight in about six months' time. What's happened is Irish Lights have managed to procure, I think, 15 million, 2.5 million euros from the EU to redo some of the old lighthouses. Like, some of them are still controlled from London by Britain. Uh, because you know that was, they were the ones who built them in the 19th century. So it's a pr- slow process of making them. In, they now need to pay for their own way because you know Irish Lights doesn't need those big buildings. They could just have a pole with a light on top. You know they can now flick the switch from Dublin. But it's still a lot of the lights are actually controlled from London. So it's a very All complicated right. thing. So then okay. I'm going to start in the north. Where you can stay. I'm going to start exactly. Yeah. Where? Start me. Okay, I'm going to start in County Antrim in Blackhead Lighthouse, which is just enough, just north of Belfast. And in fact, it makes an ideal base for Belfast. It's on the shores of Belfast Lock, which is like a special area of conservation. A load of rare birds there anyway. Um, it's just north of Carrickfergus, which all of us know from the songs, but you know probably haven't visited. So the thing about... The beauty about uh, Blackhead Lighthouse is it was built in 1902, but the last lighthouse keepers only left in 1975. All right. Now, uh, presumably when you go there, like if the hooks went there, we suddenly wouldn't be greeted by the McGanns who were staying there as well, <laughs> would we? Do we have the entire lighthouse to ourselves or are we sharing? 
So when I say lighthouse, there's only one where you're actually in the lighthouse itself. Oh. That would be Wicklow uh, Lighthouse because most of these, they are still active th- active buildings. So you're in the lighthouse keeper's accommodation, oh, which right. is even more romantic, you know. And you have access into the lighthouse tower. But, you, you, you know, you, I mean, it's tricky to convert a lighthouse into a house okay. building. Now you'd be self-catering, presumably? Yeah, you're self-catering in all states. In, in Blackhead, there's actually three light keepers' cottages, but they're big and ideal if you had a family get-together. You'd, 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 you know, you'd book all three of them. There's one one that has sleeps five people, another sleeps seven people, another sleeps four. They're going to be expensive because these are unique. These are buildings that no one would ever get planning permission for. They are breathtaking, both literally and metaphorically. Literally because the gales are blowing straight in from either the Irish Sea or the Atlantic. But also, you know, this is a unique position and very few people get the opportunity. So in this one, where we're selling in Antrim, it's in sterling. It's £294 sterling. And night. Exactly. Well, but most of these you can't stay one night. You're going to have to stay two nights. Which yeah, is but you... you're also dividing it by four, five or seven, See, exactly. as the case yeah, yeah. may be. That's yeah, right. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Yeah. That's not, a, that's not out of kilter. No. And so because were, the, the lighthouse keeper's cottages were only abandoned in 1975, a lot of the original equipment and furniture is still there. And particularly like the whistle pipe system, which they used... Uh, to announce who was on the next watch. So for children, you know, children have this romantic sense of, of, um, yeah. of lighthouses. And the fact that so many of the old original equipment and the flags and the, and the metaphors and the, uh, not the metaphors, the, um, m- m- the m- what's the, uh, Morse code uh, machines are still there. I love the way you got from metaphors to Morse code. <laughs> I corrected myself, which is a rare change. Yeah, but, Morse know, code, of course. Pres- is, 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 presumably isn't used anymore. No, so. but actually, because what's the word I'm thinking? The flag system. Semaphore. Semaphores. You see, I, I get you. That's right. I, I can going. do semaphore because as a former Boy Scout, yeah. you had to do uh, semaphore for your second class badge. Ah, well, the next lighthouse I want to go on to, still in the north, in Fanad uh, Head, has the entire collection of semaphore flags still up on the wall. So if you if you went there, you would actually be able to communicate to the next lighthouse by um semaphore. By semaphore. There's a Morse machine there. The most beautiful thing about Fanad Head, the original bookshop, book uh, library is there. So a charitable institution in the 19th century realised these isolated lighthouse keepers and their children were having no interaction with the outside world. So they set up this collection of books, a beautiful like mahogany wooden box with a lock in it, with books. And then the books, it was it was controlled in London and a different collection of books would be, you know, sent out there every three months or something. And they're stamped like 1875, who took the book out? Really romantic. Anyway, Fanned Head is interesting. We we talked a little about Fanned Head. Do you remember this time last year we went up to Ratmullen House yeah. we had a gorgeous out, outside broadcast celebrating the Wild Atlantic Way um, and I had just been that day up to Fanet House There, you are going to be able to stay they're renovating the buildings there the, the lighthouse keepers at cottages Fanet. yeah in a beautiful way but these you know these are one metre thick granite wall a lot of these houses and they're all heritage ones built you know 1812 I think Fanet was built in 1817 so it you know it takes a lot of heritage officers and it's been a slow process. But at the moment you can vi- visit Fanad Lighthouse, uh, which is worth doing. It's a glorious, you know, like all of them, they look like a limestone shell, like you're going in oh, way way up, and the view from the top is is stunning. Cost about five euros for an adult, all right. half that price for a child. But it will stay eventually. But there was a there was a boat, wasn't there? There's yeah. a famous story about a boat. And a lot of that? these there'll be a tragedy at the root of a lot of these stories. Because all what right. happens, you see, is why is the lighthouse built in that particular place? 
in the same way, you know, why are traffic lights put up? Because it was an accident happened. And in, in Fanage, it was, it was this classic, the tragic story of the HMS Saldana, which in 1812 sank. No one emerged. No one came back alive. And the only way they knew that, you know, where it had gone down or anything was the ship's parrot, which had a little bracelet around his neck with the HMS Saldana. He emerged. Which I love the idea. So this penned-in creature is actually the only one who emerges alive and uh, everyone else dies. So that was 1812 and then, the, you know, the, the powers that be begged them to put up a lighthouse and they did uh, five years later. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there was a boat with gold. Sounds like something from the Spanish main or <laughs> yeah, something. Exactly. Now, this is another an incident, tragic incident in the First World War in uh, 1917, which was the SS Laurentic, which had 300 people. All of them died, but on board were 3,211 gold bars, worth £5 million at the time. Now they say about €400 million. Euros. There are still... 11 bars down there or so they claim 22 bars gold bars and in the good conditions you can dive so not only are you going to be able to stay overnight there you know visit the yeah. visit, but actually you can come back with a nice gold bar because I met a fella or talked to a fella who an American who owns the Lusitania huh. and the wreck and yeah, they yeah. go down diving uh, to the Lusitania well we're going to we'll be coming on to the Lusitania in um, a minute yeah exactly but, but where are you going now you're suddenly zipping down to Clare yeah because again Interesting place, the, the, my favourite place to stay. One thing about this Blackhead Lighthouse, if you, just when you were mentioning the Lusitania, I'm thinking Blackhead Lighthead Lighthouse, just outside Belfast, okay, Belfast Lock. Now, what are you thinking of? What was coming out of Belfast? Basically, Titanic. Yeah, the biggest ships of all your time, particularly Titanic. These lighthouses have witnessed so much history. So the southern ones in Cork, which we'll get onto, would have witnessed the you know the the destruction of the Lusitania in the same way as that Blackhead Lighthouse waved to the Titanic as it went. Like so, you're feeling the sense of the history when when you're there. You're also getting a lot. You're also getting a sense of how these lighthouses communicate in so many different ways. So, for example, Fanad, you still when you go up to the tower, half of the glass is in red and half of the glass is is clear. So after that is red sheeting. And why is that? It's so that it, when the boat is coming, he can see, is he coming in uh, from Loch Swilly, which I think lights up red, or is he coming from the seaside, which is white? And as we go through the lighthouses, you'll see loads of really innovative ways they were able to communicate more information to All Mars. right, okay. Yeah. So go let's get to Clare, though. Clare, Come Island. On. Clare Island is interesting because... It was built, so when you think of Clare Island, you think of the Pirate Queen, you think of Grania Whale, who had a base there. Her castle is still there. She's said to be buried there, which is unlikely, but all, a lot of her family is definitely buried there. This is the O'Malley woman. Yeah, exactly. Grania O'Malley, Grania. Yeah. yeah. All Grace. Right. Okay. Uh, who uh, do you remember the woman who yeah anyway who went to who goes to see the Queen the Queen in 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 anyway I won't go I won't get sidetracked. Clare Island Lighthouse was closed down in 1965. It was decommissioned, okay, because it wasn't needed. So it's now in private hands. So it, Irish Lights have very little to do with it now. It's now being run as this elite guesthouse by a German woman. So it's the only one where you're guaranteed like a six-course meal on a beautiful Georgian table. The rooms are all large and designer with like glorious... Um, with glorious furnishings. It's expensive. It's going to cost per person... Well, for a room, it'll cost 300 euros up to 500 euros. But, and it's right on the north tip of, of Clare Island, uh, sort of cut off from the rest. And we've covered Clare Island and this uh, programme before. You know, it's famous for its amazing co-steering. There's the yoga centre there. It's forested. And Grania Whale, her, both her castle and then this uh, 16th century church where some of them are buried around is, is also there. So 
as a lighthouse, it was built by the Marquis of Sligo in 1806. But what happened a few years later, the snuffings. So this was, as you said, there were tannin, there were candles made out of yeah, animal candles. Fat. They had to light the wick exactly. But the, he used to take the snuffings of the of the wicks of the candles, dump, dump them into a tub, and unfortunately that set on fire. So, so built, the lighthouse burned down. It burned down, but it was rebuilt then in 1918. Uh, and eventually decommissioned as I say after 159 years of service so you can feel that in the walls alright now, now that's expensive and you're not going to be able to visit that tower for Fiverr you know it's private property okay. so you have to turn well Monka McGann is with me we're looking at 12 great Irish lighthouses um, and uh, we're looking at key ones where you can actually stay we were looking at Clare Island there but you're back up north again you're yeah. jumping around a bit but why are we going to uh, St John's Point, County Down. And again, like how rare is it in this program that we talk about Northern Ireland? My, you know, my travel. I'm always so focused on the South to my shame. But lighthouses, like rugby, has no borders. You know, so it's lovely that the the Irish Lights control. It's one of those few actual cross border organisations. Um, so St John's Lighthouse again County Down it's further south of Belfast but it gives a great access point to places like Castle Wellen and Ardglass and it's um, right also to Strangford Lock it's on the shore it's a black and yellow lighthouse a lot of the ones we've been looking at are white this is a black and yellow one again for mariners during the day so they could differentiate them, it from others it's connected to Van Morrison in, you know Van Morrison has a great song Coney Island about this like his amazing day out driving down um, eating oysters in one point and he has this line coming down from down Patrick stopping off at St John's Point out all day bird watching watching and the crack was good and it's a song if you know it you, you just want to you want to be lost in that feeling he captures and like a night or two nights in St John's Point captures that you're v- the very edge of the world you're looking out on a place which has amazing like um, bird life still in Stratford okay. Rock uh, it also connected to Bean because this is where Brendan Bean's father was a painter as we know Brendan Bean was a house painter himself um, and Brendan, Brendan Bean's father asked him to come up and help him paint that lighthouse black and yellow colours uh, and I didn't go, right. <laughs> it didn't go well Okay, bash on here where's okay. Galley Head? Galley Head is you know in Chidani in Cork Yeah, I'm Gall- going to be doing an outside broadcast there well, shortly Well then, you're going to see Galley Head it's on, it's on the end of the peninsula what they call Dundeddy Island uh, and again, the buildings are in part of the Irish Landmark Trust. Actually, quite a few of these buildings so far. Some are in the Irish Landmark Trust. You know, the one off Wicklow when we get to that is. But some, these new ones that the Irish Lights are funding, it's, I think the fan, it, is it going to the community going to control it or will Irish Landmark, right. it's still unsure. But we can stay in Galliad near can, in Sudan. Exactly. And that would, would, would this be, is close to Clannacilty. That's right, exactly. You know, have we covered, we need to cover Clannacilty on this programme. Maybe in about a month we'll come back. Well now, is is this the one, mm-hmm. Galliad? Is this where, like they would have seen the Lusitania yeah. stuff? So because much action during, during World War One and World War Two. You know, a lot of these will have the era sign, like Lupin and yeah. all, and you know, to, so that flights from America could come and spot the era sign in stone built into the grass, and they'd know when they arrived. And often there was there was you know um, people keeping out for for spotter for German planes, and they would then go to the lighthouse commission, lighthouse office, who had a telegram, and say, "We've seen a plane. Will you tell back to base?" The lighthouse. Uh, organization always kept independent. They never got involved in that way. So they would spot the World War One and World War Two play uh, boats, but they would not communicate because all they were their job was they were absolutely neutral. They wanted to keep okay. everyone safe, which was admirable. Right. And and Lupehead then can we st- we can stay in Galleyhead near st- Inchidani? Four hundred and eight euros. All right, we well, must have euros. a look at it when we go down mm-hmm. to Inchidani. Lupehead, what's L- good about that? Lupehead again. We talked about Lupehead. I think about a month ago or two, six weeks ago on the program. What's nice is the lighthouse was built in 1670. 
16, 17th century, okay? Now, it was built on top... I mean, clearly, it wasn't a big, tall 19th century building because they didn't have the design. It was just a stone cottage with a flat roof, the remains of which are still there. And on top of that was a coal burner, a coal brazier... A brazier. Thank I'll you. rescue for you <laughs> from yourself there. A coal brazier, yeah. yes. And again, so a loop head has one of those era signs and the number and a World War II... And we can stay too. there. You can stay there. Yeah, I mean, that house, so that's all set up for tourists. There's basically, you can go there for... You can pay your fiver or whatever and go up the tower... Um, and there's also a museum, an interactive museum, which shows about the whole, how the carbide gas was used. Like up until recently, up until the 60s and 70s, they were lighting these things with carbide gas and then eventually yeah. they were electrified. Well, then you're zipping all the way back to Donegal. Yeah, again, this is one of these lighthouses that the Irish Lights are at the moment still funding a redevelopment of the, the, the house And will be stable to stay eventually. You will, yeah. There's going to be, again, it'll be a minimum of two nights. But it's on that, you know, you, south of Killybegs, and what happened was the fishermen of Killybegs begged our, uh, the, the lighthouse keepers uh, to build a lighthouse there because of, of serious accidents. There was a, a tragic accident uh, in 1825. Um and it's on this little spit of land, this tiny, thin peninsula that just comes between Killybegs and Kilcar, a beautiful area, with this pink sand coral beach right beside it. And it's an area you wouldn't normally visit, you know, unless you had to. So right south of it is Strida Beach. Rumours have it the Spanish Armada finished up here. Yeah, right? well, so when we were talking about Sligo... They finished up everywhere. I know, and every week we talk about... Well, no, it's only because we were talking about Sligo here, I think, about three weeks ago, and Strida Beach, which is now where the Spanish Armada ships, three of them were stranded there, and only in recent weeks have the receding waters made them emerge. And so they've been dragged... The National Museum were down there two weeks ago, dragging them onto the shore. So this peninsula looks directly at that. All so right. it's a reminder of, even back in the 16th century, in 1588, how vital it was was for lookouts and lights and fires. Sure. But Wicklow Head. Yeah, that's the classic one. Because it's so near Dublin, it is almost impossible to get a night free in this. It's, oh, this really? is run by the Irish Light, uh, um, Irish Landmark Trust. It's one of their uh, like most brilliant buildings because you stay within the lighthouse walls. So the kitchen is 109 steps up narrow <laughs> steps. It's like such You're an experience. You're kidding me. No. And there's these lovely benches, seat benches built into the walls. These like meters. have a rest walls. on your way up. Like. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> so romantic. Now, right. there were there are two lighthouses there. Do you remember I'm talking, there's all these ways for lighthouses to communicate yeah. beyond just the, the, the... So there they built two uh, so that people, so the sailors would come in that no, it wasn't Hook Head further south and it wasn't Hoth Head further north. This was Wicklow with the one in between and they'd see because there were two... Uh, Two, two stone columns with a fire on each. One eventually burnt down. Well, that's the last place you can stay. Now you're going to zip through a few where you can just visit. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, so Ballycotton, again, you know, it's an area near Shanagarry, near Ballymaloo House, near the great oh, food yeah. of East Cork. Um, if you're going to stay, if you're there, you'll, when you're in Ballycotton or if you're around Shanagarry, you'll see out in front of you, there's a little island um, which is called Ballycotton Island and there's a lighthouse there. Now, that was... There were, like, lighthouse, again, families were living on that island uh, own up until about 1895. But then later, the locals will, remo- will tell you stories of children coming down to the pier to wave at their dad. They'd have a set time every time for the dad to come out onto the steps of the lighthouse. The children would be lined up in the pier and they'd wave to, the, to their father. Um, so the thing about that, it's going to be a bit more expensive to visit because you're going to need the boat trip out. So that's going to cost 20 euros for an adult, 10 euros for a kid. Okay. Um, but you get a lovely, you get a lovely trip out. There's going to be seals and dolphins in the harbour, and any of these southern lighthouses. So the one I was mentioning in off Inchidani, and this one Ballycotton, 
in December and January, there's the likelihood you're going to see whales as well. So it's, it's, right. a, it's What about my favourite lighthouse? Uh, <laughs> named in honour of the great broadcaster from News Talk, Hook Lighthouse. Yeah, I was there, signed the visitor's book and everything. Yeah. It's really now, nice. Now, like, this was built. Do you remember I was going, whatever, something was built in 1670, the one, 1690, the one in, in Lu, in, yeah. um, in Lupet. This has been a lighthouse since the 5th century or the 6th century. The monks, they believe, would have set up a light uh, in, in Rin Duvon, which was uh, where their, their settlement was, to warn ships away. Now, whether that's that's a claim, that was 6th century, but definitely in the 12th century, the Lord Leinster, uh, Lord of Leinster, William Marshall, who was a... Um, a mason, a serious mason, built this lighthouse there, got the monks to look after it because the monks were still there in the 12th century so that, because he was developing the town in New Ross and he wanted to make sure that there was a safe passage into New Ross um, and like it's been there and working ever since uh, which is like some sense of history they've set up, there's a, you, as you know, you were there there's a great coffee shop, nice scones, you can go up the tower, you're not going to be able to stay Oh overnight. it's really good, but Rathlin then, more Northern Ireland stuff have you got Rathlin West Light or some Rathlin? I do, Lines? yeah, exactly. Yeah, we do. there's another Rathlin which is in Donegal which had a nuclear-powered lighthouse but I can't talk about it because it's not on this list of great lighthouses. All right, okay. But Rathlin West is intriguing because the island that it's on, Rathland Island, is owned by the, it's a wildlife reserve owned by the RSPC birds, RSPC, whatever the hell. Um, 250 thousand birds uh, nest there every year including the Fulmers who are these like cousins of the Albatross they live for 40 years so they would have been coming back to Rathlin Island for 40 years and then there's the Guillemots as well who are you know those birds that they only land when they're nesting so the only time they ever come to earth is on Rathlin Island um, so really? yeah, so I mean the the vision of t- imagine two hundred and fifty thousand birds all around you as you visit this island. The stink is mesmerizing. I, I was about to say make make your car interesting as well. Yeah, it's an uh, island. Yes, you're, all you're, right, you're okay. And finally, you're going to go to Valencia. Yes, uh, Valencia again. Uh, on the pier, just beside, on, the, on top of a 17th century Fort Cromwell Fleetwood Fort, you can see when you're up on top of the lighthouse, you can look down and see the tetrapod footsteps. You know the dinosaur footsteps? Yeah. These are the footsteps of this animal that came out of the waters 300 million years ago. It was the first ever four-legged animal with a backbone. Uh, a tetrapod. And it came to Valencia? Yeah, it came to Valencia, put its legs into the rock and you can now see the the footprints there. Like any kid, kids think they need to go to Idaho or Arizona to see dinosaurs. No, they're, they're actually on Valencia Island and perfectly viewable from on high, from a bird's eye view from the top of this uh, really? lighthouse. Mm-hmm. So the story is 12 lighthouses, some of which you can stay, mm-hmm. some of which you can only visit, mm-hmm. some of which are expensive, but all in astonishing places. And the thing here, historically, I think, why I'd love to stay in a place like this is if you had kids. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. And there's a great website they put together with loads of funny stories and history, Great Lighthouses of Ireland. It's like, thank God, it's a wonderful initiative. Uh, great Lighthouses of Ireland is a webpage. That's right. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that's uh, Tuesday Travel with uh, Moncom again. A lot more next week. Uh, it'll be difficult for him to match lighthouses, but he seems to think that Edinburgh uh, does precisely that. Tuesday Travel, Moncom again.